Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. I want my Jewish people to discover and receive the greatest treasure of friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, Cantor said in explaining why his ministry is active in areas heavily populated by Jews. Wow, was I happy when I read that. I thought, what a statement. You know, friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I couldn't have said it better myself, but then I did say it. (laughs) That's the message. That's the message that we've been trying to get to millions of Jewish people for the past six years. Friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And our message has been blocked by slam Jewish doors, by locked Jewish apartments, by complexes that are not open to us, by groups following our workers, collecting all the packages, making bonfires on the sidewalk for what we leave there. And it's just one message, friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does God do? God brought that message through this Jewish newspaper right into their homes. (laughs) But the homes of people who rejected our workers and they say, this will success, and I cry success. They say, this will failure. I cry success, wonderful success. The message got through to thousands of Jews we could not reach through their own new Jewish newspaper. Our success is not measured by conversions. Our success is measured by getting the message out. So it was a wonderful success. Okay, now, how do others see how we did? The article went on. Gabriel Sanders, a member of the White Shul in Far Rockaway and a Hebrew school teacher, said that Sanders said that the conversion rate of Cantor's organization in five towns in Far Rockaway is a dismal failure. (laughs) That's where his words were, dismal failure. So color me dismal failure. Now, he calls Israel restoration by their conversion rate a dismal failure. But by getting the message out, friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, wonderful success. If you only look at the fulfillment of the message, friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, or conversions, then okay. You have to call Israel restoration a dismal failure. But if you look at belief in and obedience to the God who is calling for friendship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, or getting that life-saving message out, then you call Israel restoration wonderful success. See, if you only look for the fulfillment in the promise to Abraham of nations and company of nations, kings, and, and, and having the land, then you call Abraham dismal failure. But if you look at Abraham and he has belief in this message, he's obedient to the promise that God has made that it's gonna come nations, you're gonna have the land, and, and then he starts living like a pilgrim. He's preparing for the fulfillment of that promise. He's teaching Isaac to live the same way. Then you call Abraham a wonderful success. 
Now, we consider the cross. The sign over the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, it reads, King of the Jews. King of the Jews. When people saw the Lord Jesus Christ as the King of the Jews, King of the Jews, really? Are you kidding me? King of the Jews, you said, paled on a cross. They say, dismal failure as king, right? But when they only looked at the fulfillment of the promise of being king of the Jews, they said of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's a dismal failure. But if you look at belief in and obedience to the promise of being the king of the Jews, he was a wonderful success. Why? Because he was making the subjects of his kingdom able to come into his kingdom and be a part of his kingdom by paying the debt of their sins. So as the article in the Long Island Herald goes on, went on, it said, Cantor, who is Jewish, not everybody says that, but at least they do, <laughs> all right? Cantor, who is Jewish, says he considers himself a messenger who wants to see the Jewish people rescued from their sins by God. Oh, that's great. You know, another, another good one, you know. <laughs> that's why the cross was a wonderful success. Because the cross is where the king rescued his subjects from their sins by dying for their sins. By the way, I just can't help it. I gotta tell you, because I'm so happy for those summer blitzers, how they are described in this article. It went on to say, hiking through Lawrence Far Rockaway along Central Avenue. It's tough work. Oh, we had summer blitzers that quit after the first day, after first few hours. Not very many, but some. It's hard. Okay, hiking through Lawrence, Far Rockaway, and Central, along Central Avenue, and locked, knocked on residence doors, engaged in conversation, dropped off packages, blah, blah, blah. In this particular case, these were very nice, clean-cut, well-mannered, Baptist young people who were harmless and believed that their content is compelling. Wow, makes me want to become a Baptist. <laughs> okay, P- quote, the missionaries are very respectful They've been coming here for years. That's great. That's great. That shows they're not fighting back. That shows they're not reviling when they've been reviled. That shows, that shows wonderful things about them. I, I wrote them. Okay. Now, God tells Jacob directly a very important name when he says in verse 11, and God said unto him, I am God Almighty. You know, God has told Jacob that his name is El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. This is the first time that God has told Jacob directly that his name is God Almighty or El Shaddai. I mean, Jacob has heard this, no doubt. He's heard this name before, but not from God directly. See, Jacob heard this name for God when Isaac told Jacob that God's name was God Almighty, was El Shaddai, God Almighty. And that was way back in Genesis 28, verse 3. In Genesis 28, Verse three, when Isaac was blessing Jacob, he said, and God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee. Oh, there's those words again. That thou mayest become a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger which God gave unto Abraham. But okay, that was from Isaac. But, but Jacob never heard from God that his name directly was God Almighty. It's a very important name for God, especially for this family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God only revealed that name to this family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He started with Abraham, 
in Genesis 17, 1, Genesis 17, 1, and when Abram was 90 years old and 90 and 9, 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am God Almighty. I am the Almighty God, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be thou perfect. God never revealed himself to anyone else as the Almighty God or El Shaddai until Abraham. And the family clung to this name. This was like a, this was like a family treasure. They clung to this name as we saw Isaac, we just saw Isaac use a special name to reveal to this family that this God was going to be the one to bless Jacob. So now, it's very important, in verse 11, we see that God has now revealed this special name directly to Jacob as part of the special family heritage, the family treasure. To no one else do we find God revealing this special name, but to this family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was such a special treasure. It was such a special revelation to this family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that hundreds of years later, hundreds of years later, when God goes to reveal himself to Moses at the burning bush, God makes a point of telling Moses how special this was for this family that he gave them this family treasure of revealing himself as the Almighty God. And he says in Exodus 6.3, and I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. He says, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by the name of El Shaddai. What God is saying to Moses was that it was very special, it was very unique that God appears to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by the name of the Almighty God. In other words, what God was saying to Moses was that it was just not to anyone that God revealed this, that God appeared by the name of God Almighty. It was a special revelation. It was a special treasure. It was a special heritage, if you want to think of that that was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they cherished it. They cherished that revelation. Now, today, we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're the spiritual descendants, so to speak, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this name of God Almighty is just as special and unique today to us as the spiritual descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Have you ever noticed in the New Testament how concealed it was that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Almighty God. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that? That, that well, yeah, I mean, for us, oh, we can see it clearly. I mean, we can see in the New Testament that with unmistakable clarity, we can see it that the Lord Jesus Christ is God Almighty. We look at statements and we say, "Oh, He's saying He's God Almighty." In John ten thirty, when it says, "I and my Father are one," and it was pretty clear to the Jews also. Because after that, it says, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, saying, many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, for good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man, makest thyself God. See, from those verses, we see clearly the Lord Jesus Christ claimed to be God Almighty. And the Jews sought to kill him for claiming to be God Almighty. And we read verses like in John 1 where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. John 1, 1 through 3, we read those. We say, oh, that's clear. The Lord Jesus Christ is clearly described as God Almighty. And Acts 9, 5, when in the conversion of Saul to Paul, and Paul asks, or Saul, Paul, whatever you call, he asks them, 
he says to him, who art thou, Lord? Who, exactly who are you? And he says, the Lord said, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. See, from that verse, we see clearly Paul saw that Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, is God Almighty. Thomas, in John 20, verse 28, it says, Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me. What does he mean, seen him? Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. I personally think that what he means here, in addition to seeing physically, was that you saw me as God Almighty. You saw me as the Almighty God. See, from all these verses, we see clearly Thomas saw that the Lord Jesus Christ was God Almighty. And we see that when, when the Lord Jesus Christ said that, because you see me, that he meant you saw me as God Almighty. So for us, when we read the scriptures, we see clearly that the Lord Jesus Christ is God Almighty. But just as special and unique, that revelation that Jehovah Jesus was God Almighty, it's just as special as that was to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that revelation that the Lord Jesus Christ is God Almighty is special and unique to us. And that's why groups, big groups, like Jehovah Witnesses, like Mormons, like Iglesia na Cristo, like Muslims, like all those, they can't see that the Lord Jesus Christ is God Almighty. They can't even see it from the scriptures. Why? It's a special revelation. It's a special revelation that the Lord Jesus Christ is God Almighty. You can walk into any church today. You can walk into any church today. You can tell right away, are they a Bible-believing church? All you got to do is just ask one question. Don't start with, you know, the virgin birth and all those other things. Just say, do you believe that Jesus is God Almighty? That's it. Do you believe that Jesus is God Almighty? Right away, you're going to know whether that's really a Bible-believing church or not because the Bible teaches that Jesus is God Almighty. This revelation that Jehovah Jesus is God Almighty was so special and unique and cherished by this family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that not only did Isaac use the name of God Almighty to bless Jacob, but Jacob used the name of God Almighty when he felt helpless and he was thinking, I'm about to die. Me and my family, my, uh, we are about to die of starvation. And he thinks, I'm never gonna see Joseph again. There's time in his life. And he says, I'm never going to see Simeon again, and I'm likely never going to see Benjamin again in that special time of his life. And it was in that state that Jacob used the name of God Almighty in Genesis 43, 14. Genesis 43, 14, when he says, as he's allowing his sons, his sons who never caused him one day of grief, <laughs> as he's allowing his sons to take his last son, Benjamin, that he was holding on to, down to Egypt. He said to them, Genesis 43, 14, God Almighty give you mercy before the man, he doesn't know he's Joseph, before the man, that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. And he can almost hear a sigh as he says, if I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. See, he finds out, you know, so what, what is he doing here? He's saying, look, I'm absolutely helpless and I feel so vulnerable and the only hope I have is in God Almighty. And he appeals to God Almighty. Then, after Jacob finds out Joseph's not dead, and, Jacob, and Jacob's telling Joseph about, about when he first met God, when he first saw Jehovah Jesus, he tells, Jacob tells Joseph, I saw God Almighty. In Genesis 48.3, in Genesis 48.3, Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty 
appeared unto me at Luz, which was Bethel, in the land of Canaan, and blessed me. See, from that verse, we can see that Jacob, he was just kind of, you can just kind of see him there musing, just enjoying this great history that he had in his life. He's musing uh, in, in a state of wonder. He's thinking back, wow, that was God Almighty. That was the one who said to the fish and the, 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 the waters and the skies, you know, multiply, no, and so forth. He, he's, he appeared to me in Bethel. And when you read that, it just seems like he can't get over it. Jacob can't get over it. It was God Almighty who he saw. Joseph, who, by the way, was, uh, we know this, he was always Jacob's favorite son. You could not change that. You could tell him. Anyway, even though on his deathbed, he saw that the divine Messiah was going to come, uh, it was not going to come through Joseph, but through Judah, it didn't change the fact that Joseph was Jacob's favorite. It's just the way it was. So on his deathbed, when Jacob is blessing his sons one by one, and when it's Joseph's turn, he comes around to Joseph to be blessed by Jacob, Jacob again shows this special honor to Joseph, just like he did when Jacob pulled out that coat of many colors and gave it to Joseph as a special honor. And we could just see that scene, you know, with all those brothers around, and, you know, they didn't really appreciate it, but nevertheless, Jacob is so happy, pulls out this coat of special colors to give just to Joseph. It's a special coat, only for Joseph, not for the other sons. Just like a repeat now on his deathbed of that scene. All the brothers are standing around, and Jacob pulls out this special name of God Almighty, and he uses that for the blessing of Joseph in Genesis 49.25, Genesis 49.25. And he says, even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee, and by the almighty Shaddai, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast, blessings of the womb. It was such a special name that again, it was only for Joseph that he pulls out this name, not for the other sense. Now, since this was such a special name for God and uniquely revealed to Jacob, here's the question. We get so used to saying, you know, to thinking to ourselves, you know, we, we, it, it just, it, away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head, you know. We get so used to thinking of his words in Matthew eleven twenty nine. take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, find rest of your souls. We get so used to thinking, you know, of the crucifixion in Matthew 27, 35, which, of course, we're going to focus on in the next service, and they crucified him, Matthew 27, 35. They crucified him, parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled. That we forget that he has a very special name, a powerful name in verse 11. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. I mean, ask yourself the question, as I have, when was the last time you called on the Lord Jesus Christ as God Almighty? I mean, have you ever been in trouble and prayed to the Lord Jesus Christ as God Almighty? You ever prayed for someone and, 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 and called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as God Almighty to help that person? Names are so very important because they identify the person. And when you look at these verses, look at these verses as, they come, as they're together, verses 10 and 11, what we're sitting here. Look at them, verses 10 and 11. How many names do you see in those two verses. What's the first name you see? 
Jacob, okay, verse 10. Thy name is Jacob. What's the second name? Israel, verse 10. Israel shall be thy name. What's the third name? That's it. <laughs> We've been talking about it for so long. <laughs> okay, I am God Almighty, verse 11. You know what? Those are important names. If we know those three names, we will lead a victorious life. What do I mean by that? Thy name is Jacob. Our name is Jacob. Jacob is the deceitful one. He deceived his father. If we know that our name is Jacob, then we will know that we are described in Jeremiah 17.9. Jeremiah 17.9. The heart is deceitful above all things. It's Jacob and desperately wicked. Who can know it? If we do not know that, then we do not know that we are dirty, rotten sinners. And if we do not know that we are a dirty, rotten sinner, then we cannot come to God. Why? Because the sign outside of God's door says, dirty, rotten sinners, welcome. Come in here. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ meant when he said in Matthew 2, Mark 2, 7, Mark 2, 17, Mark 2, 17, when Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, they that are whole have no need of the physician. Don't even bother coming. No, he didn't say that, sorry. They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Dirty, rotten sinners are not whole. <laughs> they are sick. They need a physician. It's been amazing for Scott and I to be at the Del Mar Fair and to see this same response from people. You know, I call out to the passerbys, you know, for their kids. Hey, come into the castle here to, for a Bible story. And you know what most of, their time, most of the time their response is? No, thanks. We're good. <laughs> and we look at each other and we say, wait, there's none good. How can that be? There's none good. Psalm 14.3. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. That word filthy could be dirty, you know, as in dirty, rotten. Not just sinner, dirty, rotten sinner. That's why the lost don't let their kids come into the castle, to the CEF castle for a Bible story. Well, there was one parent. He was, she was really funny. There was one parent. I invited her kids to come, and she says, oh, yes, take all my kids to the castle. They really need the Bible. <laughs> she knew they were sinners. <laughs> but the reason the lost today do not come to the Lord Jesus Christ today is because they don't know verse 10. Thy name is Jacob. They don't know that. Thy name is Jacob. They don't know their name is Jacob. They're not willing to admit they're a dirty, rotten sinner. They think they're pretty good. You know, when the summer blitzers are out knocking on their million doors, their million door campaign this summer, they're like the Lord Jesus Christ and from Mark 2.17. They're coming not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, dirty, rotten sinners. This is what I appreciated so much on Friday night when Andrea was, just, was talking about, you know, we can have all these intellectual conversations with all these people, with all the people he does in Italy, but until he gets to talking to the heart and really addressing heart issues, doesn't matter. And the most telling thing he said was that he, when he would be with those who were arguing with him, he said, he said, okay, so if I can answer, remember when he said this? So if I can answer every one of your intellectual problems, will you then become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Will you then become a Christian? They said, no. Okay, well, what are we doing?
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Christmas is here. Join Tom Cantor at the annual Christmas Under the Stars Free Family Festival Christian Event on Saturday, December 10th from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Creation Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Games, rides, petting zoos, family photos, live Christmas music, and a live nativity, holiday food and drinks, a star viewing, and a Christmas light show, and so much more. This year, bring a toy to support Operation Save Christmas, a benefit to help support the hundreds of homeless children in San Diego out on the streets. So join Tom Cantor for this free family festival Christian event, Christmas Under the Stars, on Saturday, December 10th from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Creation Earth History Museum in Santee. And bring the family and friends for rides, games, animals, music, a live nativity, and so much more. And don't forget to bring that gift for a homeless child. To learn more about Christmas Under the Stars and Operation Save Christmas, call 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104. Or go online to creationsd.org. creationsd.org.